Hey everybody, Zach here. People often ask me where I go to learn about what's new and next in enrollment marketing. And I tell them that most of my learning actually comes from following thought leaders on social media and then trying to convince them to come on a podcast and share their insights with me. And that's actually exactly how I met my now friend, Matt Diddlegen, who is the co-founder and CEO of Glacier. Glacier is the leader in high school advertising for higher education. Matt has been on the podcast a few times now. Some of you have probably listened to one or more of his episodes. And every time I interview him, I'm just amazed by what he and his team are up to. So I finally convinced Matt to become an official Enrollify partner, which means I get to tell you all about why I love Glacier. Glacier offers the largest high school advertising network in North America. This unique platform allows higher education marketers the opportunity to place massive billboard-style ads directly inside feeder high schools, leverage influential students as brand ambassadors, and layer in a robust digital advertising component. They are actively writing the book on how to use micro-influencers in enrollment marketing and how to generate ROI from social networks like Snapchat and TikTok. Anytime I want to know what works and what doesn't when it comes to digital advertising to high school students, I call the Glacier team. If you are ready to take your high school recruitment to the next level or want to learn more about how Glacier can help you, you can visit their website at weareglacier.org forward slash enrollify to check out their free resources or to schedule a chat with one of their team members. Again, that's weareglacier.org forward slash enrollify. And be sure to tell them that Zach from Enrollify sent you. All right, guys, thank you and enjoy this week's episode. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am pumped to introduce you to today's guest. It's Zach here, first and foremost, uh, from Enrollify, and I am sitting down today with Brandon Etheridge, who is the Director of Multimedia Services at the College of Liberal Arts at Auburn University. Welcome to the show, Brandon. It's good to have you here. Thanks, Zach. Good to be here. So, Brandon, to kick us off, uh, who are you, what do you do, and I like to throw in sort of a new question at the start of uh, each of my interviews, and your question is around, what's something that you've recently changed your mind about? So that's a loaded question, but give us a quick crash course on who you are, what you do, and what thing related to work or otherwise that you've recently changed your mind about. Yeah, so like you said, I'm uh, Brandon Etheridge, and I uh, had the great privilege of going to Auburn University as an undergrad student, uh, and I'm actually working on my graduate degree with Auburn as well. Um, and I started at the university uh, just over two years ago, uh, working actually in the college that I graduated from, from the College of Liberal Arts. And as director of multimedia services, that kind of involves a lot of different things. Uh, I think the easiest way to describe it is I manage everything digital that's not the actual website. So huh. email marketing, uh, recruitment marketing digitally, uh, social media, video production, text message platforms, all the TVs in the hallways that have announcements on them. If it's digital, that that's not the website is probably mine. <laughs> that's a good way of... Uh... And I would say something that I've... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. There's a little delay. It's, it's no, fine. I, the, no, the thing that I've... Uh, 
changed my mind on. I've I've got uh, one personal. Uh, I've recently changed my mind on McAllister's Deli. Uh, my wife, it's one of her favorites. I've never liked it, and she convinced me to go and eat there the other day, and I finally found something I like. So she's very excited. Um, and then, but work related, uh, one thing that I've changed my mind about recently is uh, mailers for recruitment. Actually, huh. um, I I came in a couple of years ago as we were talking about this and we were evaluating what we had. And I was like, you know, I just don't think like, does anyone do 18 year olds care about getting a letter in the mail from the Dean? Like, is that really something that, that people matter uh, or care about? Does it matter in the process? And I actually had the opportunity to sit down with uh, some parents and some students um, just in a very like non-professional setting, just chatting with people that I know and started hearing these stories about kids that are like, yeah, I got this personalized message. Like the dean wrote me a message and said he wants me at his school or the band said they want me to come try out for this. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this, okay. They they see this, it's not just a mail merge. This is something that, that actually means something to students. So that is something I've changed my mind on recently. Uh, both of those are fantastic and uh, super interesting um, with respect to, to mailers. And you know, as you're as you're talking, and I, my immediate reaction is is to think, what what is this guy talking about? Like, no way, Jose. Um, but it makes a lot of sense, uh, folks, especially Gen Z, right? They've only ever really known digital communications. Like, they they don't get letters in the mail from their friends, and so this is during the college search process. This is probably their first time receiving personalized mail and something physical right so that's super interesting i i would love to see um yeah how that continues to to pan out and play out for you all especially during these times when you know the past year has been totally uh crazy because of covid and the amount of digital content that we're all consuming has just increased exponentially getting something a little bit more tangible and <laughs> and physical um does stand out right so uh different different works i love that so keep keep me posted yeah. on how that continues to develop and work for you all because i do think i've always been a believer that direct mail should be sort of this um should should be worked into the enrollment marketing mix but mail should be sent because it's obviously expensive once a prospective student has done enough digitally there's enough of like a digital footprint to understand who they are and what they care about to then sort of trigger a truly personalized um letter from from someone like the dean or director of admissions etc so keep us posted on on how this pans out because i i think that that's wise um and worth and worth leaning into so we got a lot to talk about today, and we really want to focus our conversation around marketing automation. And you reached out on LinkedIn and really kind of pitched this idea of, hey, we've been uh, basically building out elements of a marketing automation platform, kind of jerry-rigged, uh, without having sort of a traditional suite of tools to tap into. And I was really impressed by some of the work that you all have done to streamline communications, to increase personalization within your communications in, in lieu of having access to a marketing cloud or, or a HubSpot type of product. 
And um, I'm hoping that you can start actually by giving us a quick sense of what is the College of Liberal Arts tech stack currently look like? What tools are you guys using? Um, what systems are you using for communications? Anything that you can just share with us about what different uh, platforms, technologies, and tools that you all are using on a daily basis for the purpose of marketing and communications to prospective students. Yeah, and these have grown in, in the last couple of years. So we did not start with all of these, but right now we're using MailChimp uh, to do our email marketing. A lot of our automation happens through MailChimp. Uh, Vidyard, uh, we create personalized videos for every single student that's accepted to our program to kind of get them excited. It's the first communication digitally that they get from us as an accepted student. So we're using them for that. Uh, Signalvine uh, is doing our texting and running our text platform uh, for us and helping us with that automation and lots and lots and lots of Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I never thought I would know as much as I currently do about Excel and I still don't know very much, but it's, it's yeah, Excel is the backbone of everything. You know, it's funny. Uh, this is somewhat of a tangent, but I had to take as a business major, I had to take like this one Excel course that was like a pass or fail course uh, in college. And I remember thinking, why the hell am I taking this course? Like the it was, it was, it was basically a, um, a, I guess, no, it wasn't online. Cause we did go to class. We went to class like two or three times during the semester, but then the actual, most of the course content was delivered digitally. And I remember thinking, this is so useless. This is so useless. This is so dumb. Okay. Anyways, I, and it was a pass or fail class, right? So you weren't getting a letter grade. So I, you know, I passed come to find out in, you know, my first job outside of school that, oh, Hey, you want to be a marketer marketers, right? Do actually spend a fair amount of time using Excel and trying to make sense of where people came from downloading contact source reports and, um, figuring out sort of what are the trends that exist around the average number of website pages it takes before a prospective student will convert on a form, et cetera. And so anyways, uh, all this is to say is that I was also surprised at how helpful that course ended up being perhaps one of the more helpful courses, um, that I took in, in, in undergrad. So anyways, uh, we can come back to the core topic, but thought I'd share that little bit, uh, that little bit of, uh, of context with you. Um, so talk to us about your, a little bit more about your story. I was really inspired when we chatted a couple weeks ago or I guess that was just last week. And you mentioned you came from an underfunded public school uh, where you went to high school and you really learned, right, how to be scrappy with the resources that were made available to you. Now you're in this role. You don't have every tool that you want. You don't have every platform that you might want in order to, again, more efficiently and effectively personalize communications. Talk to us a little bit about how you've gone about being scrappy with doing what you can with the resources that you do have to deliver a better experience to prospective students. Yeah, I think, and I think scrappy is a great word for it because what we've really tried to do and, and to provide some context, our university started a uh, onboarding, if you will, process with Salesforce uh, right after I came to the university. Um, and so one of my first big meetings that we had was, was getting the pitch, if you will, about Salesforce can do and then insert literally everything under the sun to, to, to make this all work better. 
And I walked away from that and I was like, that's what we need to be doing. Because a lot of what we're what we're focused on in marketing in the College of Liberal Arts is prospective student focused. And how do yeah. we get students here? How do we, uh, you know, get them to buy into to our unique value proposition and, and really see that this is the place for them? And so, you know, we had been doing some things in, in terms of, you know, the, the traditional physical uh, on-campus uh, recruiting efforts. We have a recruiter in our college that was meeting with students. Um, and I think that's a huge asset that we have is we have someone that can just meet with students and sell that to them. Um, and then they're getting letters from us and you know postcards handwritten from the recruiter after the event. Uh, but we wanted to have a way to be able to continue that communication with students, continue to, to give them updates and to, to tell the story of our college. And, and some of the things that we heard just you know doing very basic social listening and hearing from, from people that, that had gone through the process is there were some pain points, uh, whether it was not understanding exactly how the, the scholarship uh, timeline works. You, know, you have to be accepted by this date, which is not the final date for admissions to get a scholarship. And, you know, and that's, I think at, at every university, there's these, it's different everywhere. People are looking at 10 different universities and, and things fall through the cracks. And so we wanted to, create a system that we could, you know, continually be in conversation with students, uh, prospective students, sell ourselves to them, uh, but also be able to make sure that they knew what they needed to be doing and, and kind of when they needed to do that by. Hmm. And so we, the first thing we did, you know, we wanted to, we didn't want to just give students a bunch of announcements. We, we, we wanted to make it more personal. Uh, and so we, worked with the team at Vidyard and it, it, that's what kind of starts our, our journey in, in automation and, and marketing uh, to these students digitally. Uh, we created a personalized video that when a student gets it, it comes into their email inbox and opens up and the team was great at helping with this because I'm not the, the technical coding wizard. And so they were able to, to work this all out where we, we put in their info and we send it to, to Vidyard and they get an email in their inbox. And when they open it, it's a picture of our mascot, Abby, holding a sign that says, welcome to Auburn, insert whatever name here. And they click on it. It's got a play button on it. They click on it. And it plays this video and it inserts the student into different aspects of the day, whether it's waking up in the dorm or swiping it at the rec center. We actually have uh, one of the scenes is the dean handing them a cup of coffee at the coffee shop with their name on it. Um, or on at the end on the jumbotron in our stadium, which is one of the biggest or is the biggest in college football. And so we wanted to build that excitement and that's where that started. Um, and, and as we did that, we continued using some of those tools uh, that MailChimp offered us. Um, and you know, it's a fairly reasonably priced platform for what we're doing. Um, and so we started you know, with the most basic thing we can do, right? Putting dear branding and our message and crafting it as a personal communication. Um, and as we became, I would say that was kind of the first iteration as we went through. And now the the, the customer journey concept that Salesforce has, there's there's a, a version of that that MailChimp has, but we didn't have that when we started. That wasn't a, a offering that they had. Uh, and so we were every week going through and I would say, okay, this student was accepted on this date. Um, so they're, they're group one. And they got this message this week. And so they need to get this message last week. And this is group two that got accepted this week. And they get this message that week. And so it was a lot of manual moving parts, making it, it was a drip campaign, but not actually dripping itself. You know, we're having to pour <laughs> the glass each time to get it to drip to the next stage. 
Um, I don't even want to know how many students probably didn't get all the messages they were supposed to get with things moving like that. Um, but as we, as, as MailChimp created more opportunities to be able to automate, we, we did the same and we moved with them to create customer journeys and use merge tags to fill in majors and to to give serve up content to students that was specific to their major so you know there's not a, a, a aviation student that's getting messaging that is more suited for a communications major so we really work to tailor that by their career areas and their interests and majors to make sure that they were getting content that was suited for them and looked like it was personalized and that you know the thought was put into it that this messaging is for you because this is what you're interested in and, and we care about that We'll jump right back into the show after a quick message from this week's sponsor. All right, let's talk about video. You know you need it. You know it's all but expected at this point from Generation Z. But you've got little time. You've got next to no budget. And your Marcom department is already two months late on those new program brochures they promised you. So asking them to help with a video? Forget it. But what if video could be as simple as sending an email to a prospective student? Meet this week's sponsor, GoodKind. GoodKind is a video engagement platform designed to make each one of your prospects feel like they're getting the extra special treatment. As an enrollment manager, you're competing for attention, and in a sea full of static HTML emails from other schools, a personalized video is how you stand out. It's how you make a difference. With GoodKind, you can bring your university, faculty, and students to life by designing an engaging, hyper-personalized, and video-first communications journey through email, texting, and even WhatsApp. Increase applications, increase yield, and decrease melt with the power of GoodKind. Visit www.wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify to start your free trial. Show your face show you care, see the difference connection makes at wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify. Again, that's wearegoodkind.com forward slash enrollify. I, I want to circle back to your the point you made about all the manual work you were doing, right? To just basically take people who should be getting, you know, email to in this trip sequence and uploading them to to MailChimp and or selecting those contacts in MailChimp and then sending out that second blast. How did you go about deciding what sort of cadence made the most sense? Like were you consulting like blog content or or you know other teams within Auburn or how did you decide when that second or third or fourth email to each of those subgroups should be should be sent? Yeah, so we, um, in, in the first year that we did it, um, we kind of created out like, what are the main things that we want students to hit or, or to know about? Because obviously, you know, if you come to, if you come to campus for a tour and you meet with our recruiter, you're going to get a lot of this information. Uh, you know, our unique value prop in, in a sentence is you get the best of a liberal arts college at a large SEC research university. And yeah. so that, you know, big where big matters and small where small matters. And, you know, that was some of the things we wanted to drive home or the, the study abroad opportunities, the small classes, the personalized attention, the specialized advising and career opportunities and career services that we offer students. And so we kind of looked and said, okay, these are the messages we want to send um, and that we want students to know about and, and really laid those out and said, okay, we've got, you know, five, 10, whatever it was at the time. 
and, and work to kind of build that out over, you know, at the time we started getting names in January, that's changed a little bit this year, but we had started getting the names in January and said, okay, between January and May, these are the messages we want to get out and tried to, to space them in a way that made sense, you know, and we've learned things throughout this, uh, you know, we never send an email on a Friday afternoon if we can help it or a, even a Friday morning because we know they're going to get lost and they're going to get caught in that trap of the weekend. And so, you know, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays is when we try to send things out because that's what we've seen has the best impact. And so we've pivoted for that uh, this year in, in our strategy just to make sure that we're, we're landing on some of those points that we're getting the best engagement. We've also done things that have been more time-based, right? So things around scholarships and, hey, don't forget this is the deadline to register for uh, or to, to apply for your scholarships or to apply for Camp War Eagle, which is our freshman orientation program. Um, one of the biggest things that we've done, we do a campaign around St. Patrick's Day every year, um, where from the first, the first day of March till St. Patrick's Day, everyone that apply or that uh, submits their enrollment deposit, we send them a free t-shirt during that time period. And last year we did this and we're going to switch it up a little bit this year, but we do a similar campaign around people that have been deposited that have deposited before that date, uh, you know, posting on social, talking about being excited about coming to Auburn and why they're interested and why they want to study liberal arts at Auburn. Um, and to, to continue driving that, that idea of this is something worth, doing and this is you know we've got people excited about this program and and you know those are the best influencers right if i can get a student that's coming here to talk about on, on instagram or, or or wherever tiktok about why they're excited about coming to auburn and their friend that's a junior or a sophomore sees it that starts putting us on their radar so that's one thing that we found has been helpful for us as well love it and one of the things that i was most intrigued by I uh, in our in our conversation from from last week was this idea that you all really had to build strategies and frameworks for how to do marketing automation really how to better personalize the communications process specifically for prospective students without having a lot of the tools that many campuses many enrollment teams have access to and I'm curious, what I think is interesting is you had to kind of figure all of this out on your own, right? How do, how do we think about better delivering better personalized communications to people that are interested in athletics versus people that are a little bit more interested in, you know, the arts? How do we help communicate why, hey, you can still get a small you know, school feel within the context of this great large institution. And you all had to kind of map all of this out manually. So what I'm interested in, in understanding is knowing what you know now and knowing that, hey, you guys are, you know, in the process of onboarding Salesforce, you've upgraded some of your MailChimp tools, you have more technology at your fingertips than you did when you were first starting out. How do you recommend people who aren't there yet and are where you were maybe a couple years ago, what sort of systems, processes, strategies, frameworks should they have in place before they implement a marketing automation platform? Oftentimes schools buy the big shiny CRM or the big shiny marketing automation platform and then kind of figure out how to use it. You've sort of 
you understand the methodology, you understand the strategy when it comes to personalized communications and leveraging technology to to help automate a lot of the work that was manual. So if you were talking to yourself two years ago, knowing what you know now, what what would what sort of advice would you give yourself? What sort of frameworks do you think need to be in place before an enrollment marketer gets on board with a new system? Yeah, you know, I think we were in a unique situation because, right, we knew Salesforce was coming eventually. So we weren't shopping CRMs and, and, and other technology like that. But I really think that we benefited from that. Um, you know, we knew, we, you know, we didn't have two years to wait to start trying to recruit students and and get them in here. I mean, that would have been, you know, two years worth of, of students that we lost. Um, and, and so what we did that, that I think, you know, looking back, I would, I would tell myself is really be cognizant of what your goals are and where your pain points are. Mm. Um, you know, for us, our goals are really in recruiting, you know, specifically looking at, at places where we've seen reductions in students is in the humanities and in the arts and knowing what those students care about, what messaging they need, what, what are they thinking and doing that, that research to, to understand that. But, you know, the other thing that we're looking at and, you know, we want to, you know, we're a land-grant institution. Our charge is educating students of the state of Alabama. So how we're connecting with students and what challenges, not only, and I think a lot of times we get this great shiny new CRM and the idea is this is going to solve all of our problems. Um, in this process, and what we really need to be thinking about is what's going to solve our students' problems. What are what's going to solve the prospective students' problems in getting them here? You know, we have substantial areas in the state uh, that have really bad connection, if any, to internet, and so they're not getting our emails. And if they are, it's sporadic at best. So for us, you know, we onboarded with that in mind, onboarded our text messaging system to make sure we had a way to reach those students and that they could, without spending a lot on data or loading emails or, or what have you, you know, they can not only send a, you know, we can send them reminders and send them updates and ask them questions, but they can send that info right back to us. Um, and that's been helpful in, in that respect, being able to um, connect with students that we may have missed previously. Uh, it also has allowed us to answer a lot of questions. And, you know, there are things now that, I would say the biggest thing we've found from texting is what the pain points are in the process for our students getting to Auburn, because frankly, they're not responding to an email that, mm. you know, it's, it's this nice created, generated, designed email that's great. And they're getting the information out of it, but they're not going to respond to that like they are a text message. You know, I don't respond to marketing emails I get because I'm probably assuming no one's reading them on the other side. Um, but we did, you know, with the texting system, we've seen things come across like, hey, you know, this is what the system's saying online. How do I, what do I do about this? Why is this not working? What's the the holdup on this? And it's, it's a way for them to quickly ask that and, and not have to have, you know, a 20 minute conversation with the operator. Um, and, you know, it's things we've seen, particularly through COVID that I was really like, I saw this message come in and, and kind of it, the whole thing that transpired afterwards just was like, this is why we do this. We had a student, uh, and I can't remember what state they were from, but it is one of the states um, in the Northeast that had really stringent lockdown measures around COVID. 
And we had sent out a message saying, hey, it's a beautiful time of year to visit campus. We had just reopened um, our, our visits for people. We said, it's a great time of year to come to campus and visit. Tours are available now. Um, do you want to sign up to take a tour? And he responded back, he or she responded back and said, I would love to, but if I do, it means I have to get a COVID test before I leave. When I get back, I have to quarantine for two weeks and get a COVID test again. And that's just not feasible for me. That's something I don't think we would have ever known or even thought about, right? Because we're not in that state where the student was. And so we, we read this and I, I immediately picked up the phone and called my recruiter and said, hey, this is what this student is, is saying, you know, what can we do? You know, we have a virtual tour that, that's okay, but we want to give them that environment of walking sure. through campus in real time. And, and I said, you know, what if we, what if we FaceTime, set up a FaceTime call or a Skype call or a Zoom with the student? That way they can get that experience and they don't have to, you know, the parents don't have to take two weeks off of work to quarantine to go for a college visit. Um, and we were able to, to offer that to that student. And I think those are the kind of things, right, that, you know, especially in the times we're in right now, that has to be first and foremost, not necessarily what our challenges are. You know, I, I don't want to go through Excel spreadsheets, you know, every single Friday for hours, but I can, you know, I have that ability. There are things that are real barriers to our students' access coming to our institutions and us being able to know that and see that and have those conversations I think has, has helped us come to a point where in the last two years, despite COVID, despite everything that's going on, despite a reduction in the number of college uh, age students in Alabama, we've beat our goals two years in a row. And I think it's because we're, we've been really intentional about making sure we're meeting students where they are and creating access and making, trying to do everything we can, you know, controlling our controllables to make the process as easy, accessible, and equitable as we can for all of our students. Very, very well said. I'm curious, what you what do you think about like the balance between automated communications and you know one to one personalized, quote unquote, real, uh, you know, live conversations? Because I think one of the challenges, especially at larger institutions, is that a big thing that's attractive about marketing automation is that you don't have to do once you've set up the conflows, once you've set up the different workflows that are going to send a text message, you know, when a student does X, Y, or Z digitally, it's going to trigger an alert, right? A webhook is going to be uh, 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 triggered, and then a text message will be will be sent. So how do you like any any lessons learned about sort of like, okay, what are the things that we can automate versus the things that we shouldn't automate? How do you use marketing automation internally to just help you all decide and determine how to spend your time? Any thoughts or ideas uh, in that vein? Yes, you know, SignalVine, which is, is our texting platform, we can do one to many and one to one on that. And I think that would be where we've learned the most lessons in in managing that. Uh, what I really love is, you know, we can set it up, you know, send out a message. Hey, like a, like earlier, it's a great time of year to visit campus. Uh, would, would you like to set up a tour and, you know, respond yes or no. And if that student responds with a yes or a no, or some variation of those that we've preset, the yes would, you know, trigger back a, a message that says, great, here's the link. If you'll just fill out this information, we'll get it all set up for you. Or if they said, no, not a problem let us know if we can do anything to help you in your college search process. And so that 
you know, I can't say enough about how that being able to be interactive and still automated has helped us. You know, there will be sometimes, you know, we try to program, you know, yes, yeah, yeah, with no age, you know, why, you know, just all these different things that we can can think of. Um, but even built into the system, it, it, if we get a text that it, it can't say, yeah, that's yes or no, you know, we can, I can look at it and say, okay, yeah, that's a yes and hit yes and no, and it automates it for us. But, but, you know, there's times that that doesn't work too. And so we've had some, some fun is a, is a probably not the best word to, <laughs> to describe that, that process, but figuring out, you know, cause there are things that just can't be responded to or can't be automated. Um, you know, asking students certain questions that, that we need to be able to respond to. Um, and so we luckily we've got a really great team of student recruiters that help us, you know, days that we're sending out these mass messages, they're on standby and they know, you know, I need to be in here checking to make sure I can answer any of these. I can, if there's something they can't answer, they flag it for myself or the recruiter. And that's been helpful. You know, I would definitely say if you're, you know, we messaged approximately 4,000 students. Uh, that's our, our, class of accepted students is about 4,000. And so, yeah, if we send out a mass message to all of them and all of the responses come back, that's going to be a lot of work. We've pretty much decided if we send out something to everybody, roughly 100, 150 may respond um, in a way that can't be handled by the system. Um, and so we, we just kind of factored for that. We know that now I, I make sure not to send messages on days that we have hundred tours coming through because we're probably not going to have time to get to it. But I would definitely think that's something right that we've learned in this process that if we were just onboarding a, a, a CRM or a marketing automation system that does all of this and just doing it as we go, not only would we be figuring out a system, figuring out what we need to be saying, and then hitting all these roadblocks at the same time, I think the way that we've done it, right, like there's going to be learning curves when we move to a CRM. We, we're, you know, we know that. But we also know everything we've learned from the past two years that are going to help us prevent stumbling blocks that we may run into down the road. And it helps us be able to better know what we need that CRM to do uh, to be able to manage some of those things that, you know, maybe one to one or one to many and that are action based or that are, you know, however they're set up. We, we've kind of seen how it works in a very intimate way you know, without all the bells and whistles. And so it helps us, I think, take better advantage of the bells and whistles as we bring those online to, to make the, the experience even better for us and for our students. I'm curious, what is the thing you're most looking forward to about getting up and running with Salesforce? I am looking forward to not having to sit and sort email, uh, not emails, um, Excel spreadsheets every Friday. That's that's become my thing at the end of the week. It's like who's accepted, who's deposited, whose name's in, whose name's out. And I will, I'm looking forward to, you know, for me, I'm looking forward really to not having to to do that because right, there's human error in that. Excel sheets sort weird. I mean, we've had issues. I mean, it's not all been sunshine and rainbows. We had an issue that that the system, the way it sorted moved some names around and people started getting text message intro text messages that were to the wrong name and that that's not great luckily we were able to catch it we we saw what was happening and we stopped it and so it, it didn't impact many students and we were able to correct it everybody was super great about it but um you know those are things that 
the system, it being all one and integrated together, I think is going to make the process go much smoother. Yeah. The fact that data doesn't have to be, you know, pulled out of one system, put into another, pulled out of that one and into this one over here. And it just all kind of flows together and is, is action triggered. That's the main thing. And I think, you know, being able to, you know, have everything hooked together. And, and one thing, this would be my, my golden nugget out of all of this is if you think that a CRM, you know, a CRM is coming down the road, your university starting an initiative or what have you, um, make sure that everything you're bringing on board works with that CRM. That's one thing we've been super intentional about every vendor we talk to does this work with Salesforce? Does this, you know, will, how does this integrate? What does this look like? Because we're concerned about the now because we got to get this done and, and handled now, but we also don't want to recreate it or reshop a system, yeah. you know, a year and a half or two years from now. So we've been really intentional about making sure that everything is going to link together. Everything's going to talk to each other so we can remove a lot of these, uh, these hang points, uh, you know, where, where things are getting hung up and, and data is getting, mixed and crossed from systems. We wanted to really make sure to eliminate that once we move to our CRM. I think that that's super, super important. We'll jump right back into the show after a quick message from this week's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squiz. Squiz is a student experience platform that offers a full suite of solutions developed exclusively for higher education. Squiz has so many exceptional products that are worth checking out, but the two that I've been most impressed by are their custom site search product, Funnelback, and their website platform, which is a true DXP. And don't worry, I'll explain what that means in just a second. For the next wave of digital natives, search is not ancillary to navigation. Search is navigation. And Funnelback enables schools like yours to build custom smart site search. So that way your nursing program actually comes up when someone searches nursing instead of that one nursing faculty event registration page from like two years ago. And their DXP, it's so much more than a traditional website CMS. A CMS is meant for exactly what it claims to be, content management. It's an important part of your marketing tech stack and important part of the student life cycle. But that's just it. It's just a part. A DXP, a digital experience platform, is built to be the hub of your MarTech stack. It relies on powerful integrations, data management, and an open platform in order to create the kind of experiences simply not possible with a normal CMS. Say goodbye to the finicky plugins of WordPress and the crappy site architecture of Drupal that hurts your SEO and get ready to meet the fastest, most powerful, and most personalized website platform for colleges and universities on the market. Today, the student experience begins online, not at school. And as an enrollment marketer, your job is to ensure that prospective students find what they are looking for as quickly and as easily as possible. Squiz is the secret friction reducers that schools across the globe are using to not just attract the next generation of students, but nurture them to the point of enrollment in a way that is conducive and not counter to how they consume information and make purchasing decisions. You can learn more about Squiz at enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Again, that's enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. One of the the things that I see schools do a lot is they buy this nice shiny object. It's a new CRM. Then they realize they need it to integrate with all of these other tools that they still need because the CRM is not going to solve all of their marketing challenges or all of their admissions needs. And then come to find out that 
people say that they quote unquote integrate, but that integration is this really broad word. And an integration can be as simple as, yeah, we can receive a CSV file, or it can be as robust as no, we actually do a direct API integration and can map these fields in a way that will make sense given the the context of, of both systems. And I think if there's one p- bit of advice I'd offer folks who are thinking about any sort of marketing technology, the most important question that you need to ask that vendor is how does it integrate? Like show me how I would actually go about mapping properties and mapping fields from platform A to platform B. Because the number of times, you know, we hear of, of schools that onboard a system and then they just can't do the integration, they, they run into the same challenge. Like, okay, yes, they have a more powerful tool. They're not doing, they're not spending as much time as you are sort of sorting through Excel streets, but they're still not like operating with a tech stack that is functional um, and that is oriented in a way that can yield the success that they're looking for that platform to yield. So my final question for you, Brandon, is, what recommendations do you have for folks who are starting out with either building out a new tech stack or they're at a point where their VP has come and said, hey, we need to think differently about how we're using technology for marketing and technology for admissions. What's sort of a crawl, walk, run strategy that you would recommend for folks who find themselves in that in that situation, given what you've learned over these last few years? I think the number one thing that I would say is, you know, it it goes back to the principles of the scientific method, right? Like you change one variable at a time and you don't try, you know, if you're, you're trying to figure something out, you don't just dump everything into the pot and see what happens. You know, you methodically change things and make sure that, that these, you know, seeing what the outcomes are, the changes you're making, you know, we onboarded Vidyard and then added the email uh, marketing piece and then added the texting piece. And then, you know, we've, we've not tried to do everything at once, you know, one, I'm a, for the most part, like I have really great support from my colleagues in the marketing office, but a lot of this falls on what I'm going to be able to do. Um, And, you know, I, I wasn't going to be able to onboard an email system and a text messaging system and a personalized video system. Like, and it takes time. And I think that's the main thing, like understanding it's going to take time and doing, you know, start somewhere and and let your goals, your strategic plans, your your mission as an institution guide that, right? Like, do you need to better communicate? Are you hearing from your audience that you're they're not getting the communications they need around dates and deadlines? You know, maybe that's an issue you need to fix on your website. Maybe it's something you need to look at with your your email marketing and how you're sending things out and doing it in a combo drip slash time based or, or all drip or all time. You know, and, and seeing like knowing that what has worked for me in the college of liberal arts is not going to work for every other institution and probably wouldn't work for any other institution because we're different. Right. And I mean, I, there's several other people on our campus that do my job for different colleges, but they have different challenges. And so what, what I see as a challenge and what, what we're dealing with is very different from what the college of business or the college of agriculture is dealing with. Like we have very different students, we have very different needs. And so I would really say like, take time to really look at what's working, what's not working. What are your pain points as an office? What are your students' pain points? What are prospective students and parents saying? And I promise they will not be shy about letting you know what they think. Uh, they, 
they will let you know very quickly either on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever they find it fit to yell at you. And so, you know, being able to be responsive to that and knowing that at the end of the day, we are, you know, these students want access to us, but we also have to provide that customer service and, and knowing what those students need and how we can better serve them. So maybe it's texting and maybe you need to get up on texting and start and, and really flesh that out. Maybe you need to start with email. Maybe you need both, but find what you need the most and start there rather than trying to do everything at once because University X is doing it and University Y is doing it. So I have to do it too. So well said. And, you know, I just want to circle back on something you said a few minutes ago, which is a lot of times when it comes to technology and discerning what are the right systems to bring on board, a lot of the times folks are solving for their problems, right? Like we're solving for our admissions team's problems or our marketing problems today, as opposed to, as you so well said earlier, the problems of our students. And I think that that's, that's where you start, right? Like in lieu, it's, it's tempting to think, oh, how is this system or this tool going to help our team operate a little bit more efficiently and that can be a a wise way to approach the conversation but another and maybe arguably even more important way to to kickstart the conversation is to do some social listening um and or get insight from prospective students around hey what is hardest about your journey to in to admissions right now uh, what are your challenges when it comes to considering auburn right what are your holdups and starting there and seeing if that reveals any particularly interesting insight into what you need to be doing more whether that's as you said texting emailing whether it's less whether it's less communications right like we don't need as many emails as you're sending like you're i unsubscribed from you because i got too many emails and i think that that's that's the place to start um then right a second tier discussion is an internal one, which is, okay, what do we actually need in order to meet the needs that our students and our prospective students are, are saying that they have? Exactly. And, and you know, what I, I say all the time is, you know, universities are not just competing against universities. I think at one time it would have, you know, we would have said, you know, at Auburn, the University of Alabama or Georgia or Tennessee are our competitors. And, and in regards to the product that we offer, of course they are. But our students are used to being served up content by Netflix whenever they want it and get exactly what they want. And they're used to getting, you know, their chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A with a smile at the window and this great user experience from Apple. And that's what we're competing against. If yeah. we've got, you know, crappy websites out there that are not intuitive, that are not user-friendly, that are not dynamic and engaging, that's saying something about our institution. And it, it, it's very clear to those students, you know, they go to all of these websites and consume all of this content. And if we're not thinking about not only how we compete with other institutions, but how we stack up to what they're seeing from everyone else, like that in and of itself is a problem. I, I went to Disney uh, over a couple months ago and, you know, in the middle of the COVID pandemic and I pull onto property, we're riding the bus in from our hotel and I get a notification on my phone that says, welcome to, uh, Walt Disney world's magic kingdom. Uh, just a reminder, the, uh, you know, the mass mandates are in effect and you swipe it open and it tells you everything you need to know. And it's this super responsive 
thing. Like I didn't, like I knew masks were required. I didn't know what I needed to know necessarily or what I didn't know about what was expected in Magic Kingdom, what, you know, where the, the havens were, if you will, that you could take your mask off and breathe for a second or what the rules are on eating and all of those kind of things. And as soon as I got close enough, they gave me that information that I didn't know I needed. And, and I think that's something we have to think about as an institution is what are those what are those things that we need to be doing that we're going to surprise students with the fact that we're thinking about the fact that they need this. And, you know, it, it comes to us thinking about our competitors. We do that in our, our unique value propositions, right? Like what makes us different than university? Why? But how do we stack up to everything else these students are seeing and make sure we're offering them an experience that is something that, that stands up to what we say about ourselves and, and leading innovation and being the university of the future, whatever, you know, the, the catchphrases your university has, every single experience that your a student has with you is part of that branding and part of that marketing that you've got to think about, not just, you know, how the logo looks and what this print flyer says. It it's really goes a lot deeper than that. And, and that's going to be, I think, especially in the next several years, something universities are really going to have to think about making sure they're stacking up not only to other universities, but to everyone else that the students are in the I could not agree with you more. One of the things I like to say a lot is we're all in the market of eyeball time, right? Like we're all after getting people to focus on the thing that we have deemed they should focus on, whether we're a school, whether we're a brand, whether that we're a podcast, whatever it might be, we're all hungry for, for eyeball time and, and, and ear, you know, ear time. Um, and I think that capitalizing on attention today like is is the number one goal for so many entities and historically there are brands that do it a lot better than higher education institutions do for for lots of reasons for so sure. i think it's uh, a a very helpful and wonderful reminder to remember that you're not just competing with the school down the street you're competing with every brand that is delivering a better more concise more relevant, more personalized experience to their constituency, which is the same constituency that we're after. So Brandon, I really appreciate your time. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on and for sharing your story and sharing some insight with us. If folks want to get in touch with you and just learn a little bit more about uh, the work that you're doing and or tap into you for some questions that they might have about how you all are building what you're building uh, over uh, at, at Auburn, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, I love LinkedIn. It's it's probably one of my favorite platforms. So connect with me there. It's just search Brandon Etheridge and you'll find me. Fantastic. Well, thank you for your time, sir. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. If you are an enrollment marketer working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast, or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast, please reach out directly to me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at Enrollify.org. We sincerely look forward to working with you to make Enrollify the most trusted, go-to, digital resource for enrollment marketers out there.